Welcome to the Larry Crawford Leadership Podcast, a podcast designed to come alongside you and help you become the leader you were created to be. On this episode, we're going to continue what we started last month, Leading Through a Miracle. This will be part two, Leading Through a Miracle, uncut, uncensored, raw, and real, because that's exactly what it is. I'm honored to have with me again this month, my beautiful bride, Wendy. I'm excited to be here uh, to continue sharing our journey thus far and uh, continue to share what the Lord is doing and how he's bringing us through what he's brought us to. Yes. Last month, we asked the question, uh, you asked me the question, how did the church go from a home to a small storefront to a larger storefront to a 60-acre, six-building campus? And you know, often when someone uh, sees a miracle, we witness a miracle, we're like, wow, that is awesome. It's, it's, it's almost unbelievable, even though we're witnessing it. But as a leader, we're often thinking, well, you know, I don't have the resources or I don't have what they have, so I can't do what they did or I can't do what they're doing. Or you think, you know what, uh, they're there and I'm here and that probably wouldn't work here. And uh, I, we just want you to know that God continues to do miracles and God does miracles everywhere. And God wants to do a miracle in you so that he can do a miracle through you. Last month, we shared, as I mentioned, part of our story. We shared eight practical principles for leading through a miracle. And this episode, we're going to share some more of the story, and we're going to share some more principles. We are sharing our journey through this miracle as we are walking through it. And all the principles are important, but what is the most important principle in leading through a miracle and why? That's a great question because... Uh, we are going through the journey, and uh, we're literally walking through it, and we're learning as we go, and we've learned a lot, but the most important principle in leading through a miracle is what I'm going to give us number nine, so we shared eight last month, and if you didn't hear that, you can pause this, go back and listen, but number nine, leading through a miracle, and this is the most important, requires hearing God and step-by-step -step acting on what He says. In other words, hearing what God says and then doing what he tells us to do. Yeah, it's so important. A couple uh, years ago, or actually a couple years before this became a possibility, I, I really sensed the Lord speaking to me about Lincoln Christian University, which is part of the campus that we purchased, and how he was going to do something with us and LCU. Now, I love Lincoln Christian University. Love President Silas McCormick and, and the team here. Honored to serve alongside them. As a matter of fact, I did my undergrad, my graduate work here. And so a number of years ago when the Lord spoke to me and said, I'm going to do something with open arms and LCU, it made zero sense. I mean, I only I only told you and one other person. You remember that? I do. And honestly, I'm going to kind of shift uh, real quick. I'm going to jump in on him because when he first came to me and shared it with me, we were kind of more under the impression that God may be leading for us to talk to Silas about maybe leasing the chapel, um, which Larry was pretty excited about that even. And to be honest with you, I was like, keep your mouth shut about that because we don't want to do that. Um, because if anybody or if any of you out there maybe are setting up and tearing down, you know, that's a lot of work. It requires a lot from leaders, volunteers, We've from every, with other churches we have, church. and it's, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. And so really, and truly I, I wasn't super open to it. Um, but there again, it goes back to what, um, this, this point is, is hearing God. And so, 
Larry can pick up from there because he was listening. <laughs> yeah, so what I was talking about was a number of years before what she's talking about. But then, uh, just to give you some dates, and the only reason I'm giving you dates is because I want you to see how that you can pray for years for something. Many of you have. We prayed for years that God would give. We looked at every building in Lincoln, every empty building, even buildings that weren't empty. We looked at every land that was available, and we could not find a place. And then we came across some land and ended up being on a floodplain. I mean, all these things. But God had spoken to me that one moment about us and LCU doing something together, and it made zero sense. So now fast forward to what Wendy's talking about. My son Jonathan and I, who at the time Jonathan was on staff as our worship pastor, and we attended the leadership conference here at the university, which we always attend every year. It was February 12th, a Saturday, and I'm sitting there deciding which workshop to go to, and John and I were talking about it, and I said, well, I think I'll just stay in the one in here with Silas as he talks about the university. And as I was doing that, uh, I heard the Lord say, you know, you need to go up and you need to ask him about using the facility, about using the chapel and using the Laughlin Center on Sundays. And I thought, okay. And so I was kind of looking for the opportunity and he finished speaking and he asked questions or let people ask questions. And then he, he finished early. So I went up and I said, hey, I said, I, you know, we need more room. I would like to talk to you about perhaps renting, leasing the chapel and the Laughlin Center on Sundays. And he said, can we talk about that next week? Well, I had no idea what was going on. Obviously, he knew at that point some things were going on. I said, sure, that'll be great. But then let me give you a couple other things, and you can jump in here anywhere when you want to, but just give I want, I want people to get these dates and understand. So that same night, I'm over at Woodlawn, which is our, our last location, this, this last storefront location. And on Saturday night, I always pray over all the chairs, and then I typically will practice my sermon, walk through it, and I was doing that, and as I was doing that, the Lord began to stir in me, and I began to prophesy. Now, there's nobody in the building except me, and I began to speak, and the Lord began to speak through me, and He began to speak to me, and I believe speaking even, just, just speaking into the atmosphere, if you will, God said, I'm about to do something in Lincoln, Illinois that is going to blow people's minds, that when it's said and done, they're going to know that it was me. And I mean, I'm excited, I'm shouting, I'm praising God, there's nobody in the building but me. Now that happened on Saturday night, same Saturday night of the Saturday morning that I spoke to Silas. Again, we knew nothing. Then on Sunday, uh, what happened at the Valentine's banquet, remember? Yeah, on Sunday. Um, Sunday night. Yeah, on Sunday night, uh, another a lady from the congregation came up to us and just said, hey, have you guys ever felt like, you know, the Lord may leading be leading in something with LCU? And we were like, hmm, just keep praying because... Honestly, you know, that was right after Larry had talked to Silas on Saturday. There again, we had, there again, though, we had no idea what was to come the following week. And she shared that she felt like during worship on Sunday morning that God spoke to her about that. Mm -hmm. And I just looked at her and I said, listen, just pray. Because again, I had no idea. I'm thinking it's referring to maybe leasing, Mm -hmm. you know, renting the facility. And then on Tuesday night, you remember this, uh, we were having dinner uh, with Donna and one of our leaders and uh, we were at Gazzardo's. And my phone started blowing up. Yeah, it did. We we had multiple missed calls, and we were like, what is happening? And uh, all of a sudden, text started coming in. Have you seen what happened at LCU? And, you know, your mind kind of goes to, oh, my gosh, something bad. You know, like something's happened on campus. Um, but it was that they had released that they were going to have a new model yes. for the campus. And we didn't, have, we didn't have any idea, but they'd announce it to the students. And so word started traveling. People started getting a hold of us. So you can imagine on Thursday, we, I had a meeting set up already with Silas that we had set up from Saturday when he said, can we talk next week? 
on Thursday when he walks in my office, of course, my first words are, Silas, I'm sorry, I had no idea. And he said, I know you didn't have any idea. And, uh, you know, I, I told him, I said, you know, I'm praying for you as you lead through this transition. And we began to talk and he shared with me uh, what they were thinking and uh, that there's a possibility that they would, at that point, either sell part or all of the campus. And uh, I said, well, you know, we would, you know, the Lord spoke a couple of things, so we would certainly be interested in looking at it. And we began the process and we began the journey. Now, we had several other meetings uh, after that. Uh, I met with our leaders. I met with uh, Silas again on so many occasions. And then it just so happened that the, the one that is uh, holding their funding, uh, Christian Financial Resources, that the rep, uh, Jared, uh, was, was the, I was going to talk to him and say, hey, can we even get a loan? You know, is this a possibility? Here we are. We were this far in as a church, and here's our, you know, all this. And so we ended up finding out that we both were going to be in Orlando the next week. I was going to be there for a John Maxwell conference. He was going to be there for another church conference. And we ended up meeting in Orlando. He picked me up at the end of my conference. And we were sitting at a Greek restaurant talking about this, looking at the possibilities. And I got to be honest with you, loved ones. Listen, it was, it looked totally impossible financially at that point. But God has spoken. Remember, when you're leading through a miracle, you have to hear God and then do what he says. And so I remember as Jared told me what he thought we could do and what it would take, it seemed impossible, like it wasn't, there was no way it's going to happen. And I remember telling him this, Jared, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know it's going to happen, and it's got to include this building and this building. It can't just be this, because he had talked about different options. I said, it's got to at least include these buildings and this part of land. Well, time goes on. We have a leaders meeting. We're talking about it, and and uh, then I'll get into a little more, too, as far as a little bit later what happened. But the Lord began to speak to me about the amount of money that it would cost. And uh, we were waiting on a price of a certain part of the, the area that we would need in order to make it work. And uh, I told Wendy the number. And, and, and sure enough, within a couple of weeks, uh, I came back and I got a text from Silas. I check your email. I sent you over information. Uh, let me know what you think. And it was the exact number that God had spoken to me. Well, there's, there's so much more we can talk about here. But let me say this. If there's one thing as a leader that I can teach others that is so important, it's how to hear God. How to hear God and to know you're hearing God. Because you cannot lead through a miracle unless you hear God. Remember last month, Peter walked on water when Jesus said, come. One word from God. And then you act on that word. And next thing you know, you're leading through a miracle. Well, let's go on to number 10. We spent a little more time on that, but we could probably spend a whole podcast episode on that. Number 10 is leading through a miracle requires seeking godly counsel. Now, I spoke about in principle six about surrounding yourself with the right people who believe in the vision and are willing to fight for it. But we also need to be able to go to those people that we've surrounded ourselves with, but also go to others and seek godly counsel throughout the journey. Amen. Uh, what are some ways we can seek godly counsel and how do you know who to go to for this counsel? That's a great question uh, because, you know, if you go out and you share your dream or your vision uh, with the wrong people, uh, then sometimes instead of being helpful, uh, it can be a hindrance or discourage you from doing what God's called you to do. And so what are some ways we can seek godly counsel and how do we know who to go to? Uh, there's several ways that we can do this. First of all, uh, what I call divine connections. I've had the opportunity, uh, being, a, being a member of the John Maxwell team, to meet different individuals. 
uh, Pastor Ray uh, Popham, and we were able to spend quite a bit of time together talking. Uh, Jeff Henderson, who was phenomenal and took time to uh, have a meeting with me, and uh, so many others that have just been amazing. Uh, our oversight team, of course, we, we communicate with them on a regular basis and seek their wisdom. And then other leaders that are in the community, other leaders that have been in our life. And I had the honor, and, and you remember, I got a text uh, from Dr. Hilton that he had been speaking to Dr. Sam Chan and that he wanted to talk to us. And before I could even reach out to Dr. Sam Chan, I got a text saying, hey, pastor, I understand that God's doing something big and I'd love to talk with you. Here's my number. And of course, we did, get, we did end up getting together and having a conversation. He's made himself available and spoke some great wisdom and insight. So that's one way through Divine Connections. Absolutely. And I, th- I would I would say if you don't have um, those people that can speak into your life uh, to really start to begin to pray that God will bring them into, you know, your life so that they can they can speak wisdom and uh, that, you know, people that have been in the ministry longer and um, have a lot of insight and knowledge uh, to maybe, you know, what it does look like to walk through through journeys like this so that they can um, have a voice. In the situation. That's a key what you just said. People who have been further who are further along in the journey. Yeah. So I'm always looking for people that have been where we are, but are where we where we feel like God wants us to go. Yes. And also people that are not yet, you know, everybody's not gonna just agree with you because uh, maybe what you've stepped into looks good, but really people who are praying for you and praying yes. for your best interest, um, that also hear the Lord, uh, so that they can really speak into what's going on, even maybe, even if it's not something you maybe uh, like in the moment, but uh, take it, weigh it out, uh, pray about it yourself, um, and allow the Lord to speak in it. That is so good. That is so good. Uh, another way is uh, through uh, relationships, and this kind of goes along with what we were talking about there too, is I'll take time to have coffee or lunch uh, with key leaders and uh, just go and, and, and go into that lunch or that coffee with questions mm-hmm. that I want to ask them. Hey, how did you do this? Or how did you know to do this? Or how did you take this step? And, and, and just really take time and listen and take notes and, uh, and then let them speak in their wisdom. And, and so that's another way is, is just continually, you know, the kingdom of God and really anything that matters is about relationships and developing those relationships. And then one other area, and, and you can speak on this, is, uh, is conferences, going to conferences, attending conferences that are speaking to where you are right now and where you want to go. Uh, we just recently came back from a conference. People asked me how it was. And, and I've gone to a ton of conferences, but I said it's the best conference I ever attended. That was, that's nothing against the other conferences. It's just that it's, it, that conference we just attended spoke to where we are mm-hmm. and where we're headed. No, it absolutely did. I think that's real important because there's there's a, a conference that you could go to every day yes. um, if you really wanted to. But I would say just really, uh, really pray uh, there again, pray and, and know which ones are for you and will help you grow, uh, help your ministry grow and be a, be effective for your church. But yeah, the one that we just went to was uh, very powerful. Actually, I don't know how I missed it, but I think halfway through the f- the first service, I looked at Larry and I said, "Is this not a preaching conference?" <laughs> and he said, "No, this is a growing conference." So, grow, grow leaders. yeah, it's yes. grow leaders. Yes. So, uh, yeah, it was really for leaders to to grow personally, but also to help us know how to grow more effectively as as ministers and leaders. And I want to give a shout out to Pastor Chris Hodges and the Church of the Highlands and Highland College. 
just the way that they loved on us while we were there and served us, but also uh, the knowledge they gave us, the insight, the wisdom, the understanding, the strategy, and also, uh, you know, so willing to just give it and say, take it and use it for the kingdom. I think it was so, so amazing. I mean, so often you go to conferences, especially to that level, um, that you don't really see leaders hands on or, um, you know, they just are kind of behind the scenes. They get up, speak, and then they disappear. But I really did not see that here. People, I don't care how big you get. Don't ever forget where you came from and still be hands-on with people because building relationships should never change based on your size. Um, so always have that personal touch. I agree. So big, again, shout out to PC, yes. Pastor Chris. Thank you so much. They did and, a great uh, job. Man, we are, we are so blessed by what we learned, and we're still going back through it and, and learning. Let me give one final thought on this uh, principle. Godly counsel often confirms and brings clarity to what God is speaking to us. Godly counsel often confirms and brings clarity to what God is speaking to us. Uh, now we're going to jump into principle number 11. Leading through a miracle requires leading through the unexpected. Yes. And, and listen, uh, you can plan, and I'm a planner, and I like to lay it out. And, but let me tell you, you can plan and plan and plan, and there will still be unexpected things that will happen. Matter of fact, there'll be a lot of them. For sure. Uh, one unexpected things did the church encounter in the midst of this miracle? I I actually should ask what unexpected things are is the church encountering in the midst of this miracle? Yeah, we experience, you know, you, you, when you go from an 11,777 square foot storefront that you're leasing to 60 acres and six buildings that you have purchased, now you're an owner. And things begin to happen. Yes. And uh, we had a boiler go down uh, in the Laughlin Center. And uh, so and this was during the uh, December, Christmas. And so one of my deacons, uh, Justin and myself and others helped out as well. But uh, Justin and I were there and we were, uh, we were uh, you know, just uh, going over there and filling propane up in order to keep the pipes from freezing. Because here in central Illinois, it gets really, really cold. And so we're going over there and we're doing that. And and we tried, we prayed over that boiler. We tried to figure out how to fix that boiler. Uh, we did everything we could uh, to make something happen. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was insane. We weren't expecting it. And, and so finally we had to get to the point where we decided that we needed to replace the boiler and that it would be more advantageous to replace that boiler with two new boilers. And so we replaced that. And, uh, and then, of course, there's other things that need upkeep and maintenance. And, uh, you know, you run into those and you find out about those. And uh, all of a sudden you're like, wow. And then not only that, we, uh, you know, water pipe busted outside. One day a guy came in and I said, one of our elders, he said, I think there's, there's water pouring out. I'm not sure if it's supposed to or not. And I went out and sure enough, it wasn't supposed to be. And so we had to fix that. And uh, during mowing season, of course, we got a lot of acreage to mow. And we had a, a crew that we had hired to mow. And, and they decided to make a transition and cut back a little bit. But we also actually wanted to get the mowing uh, into where we were doing it ourselves. And uh, that was, a, that was a, what looked like a big obstacle, but turned into be a tremendous blessing. And now we've got uh, one of our deacons, Justin, and, and leading a crew that does a phenomenal job with the grounds here. But those were just uh, some unexpected uh, things that happened. Uh, and, and there's a lot of other ones as well. And Yeah, there were a lot of others. Um, 
But, you know, even in the midst of that, we just have to say, okay, Lord, you brought us here. You're going to bring us through it. Um, don't understand why all this is happening, uh, but we just trust you. Yeah, hang on for the end because I'm going to tell you about a million-dollar miracle. And uh, it's unbelievable what God did. God spoke and God did what he said. Uh, the biggest, probably the biggest uh, unexpected thing we encountered was is our son we had hired as our worship pastor. And he'd been with us almost two years, and our daughter-in-law was doing our communication. She still does our communication uh, and all that, oversees all that, does a phenomenal job. And they were both doing a great job. And then our, they approached us, and they said they really felt like God had called them to move back to Alabama for him to take a teaching position at a Christian school. And this is in the midst of this transition. And you remember that. Um, yeah, it was actually before we had, had really taken full possession. And we were like, okay, <laughs> Lord, what does this look like? What does this mean? Um, as you all know, a worship pastor plays a pretty pretty significant role um, in your service Sunday morning experience. So, uh, yeah, we were a little taken back, uh, but we love them. And there again, we just were trusting uh, that God was was moving. And so therefore we were like, okay, if this is what's God, God wants for you, we love you. We want to bless you and send you out. Uh, we never want ministry to become, become between families. So we're going to pray with you and support you. Yeah. Was, you know what, what happened during that time is Wendy had led uh, worship as our worship pastor for 13 and a half years. And so then John came in and was able to do some things that we wanted to get to and didn't know how to do and Absolutely. came in with the expertise and the skill that he had learned actually from one of our oversight pastors, Fred Franks and Liz in Orange Beach. Yes. And honestly, we had prayed for many years when I was leading prior, God bring somebody in that can help us, you know, implement these things because I just did not have the knowledge uh, to do that. Never really thinking it would be our son uh, because we didn't know, we didn't think he would come back to this area because he loved it down there. But uh, God brought him back for a season, and he was able to implement those things for us. Yeah, we're grateful, and he still helps us out. Matter of fact, I had a glitch on our podcast getting ready, had <laughs> it going twice, and so he does an awesome job, and we love him so much, and just so thankful that they're serving the Lord and love yeah. the Lord. And but you know, those are, you talk about unexpected things, and so those are things you experience. And when you're leading through a miracle, uh, you're going to have to lead through unexpected, and it's like, okay, what do we do? God, you brought us here, and you're going to take care of it. And you know what? Uh, we're getting ready to uh, hire additional staff, and uh, Michaela's still on staff with us doing our communications. Yeah, and she's amazing. And she is amazing, amazing, yes. and doing awesome. And we're so grateful for her and for John helping us out, too. Uh, let's jump to number 12. Leading through a miracle requires making the miracle tangible to others through vision casting so they can become vision carriers. Let me say it again. Leading through a miracle requires making the miracle tangible. In other words, they can touch it, feel it, see it, smell it to others through vision casting so that they can become vision carriers. That's good. Okay, so how do you make the vision tangible so others can see it and run with it? That's an awesome question. You know, uh, in the Word of God, God said in Habakkuk 2, 2 and 3, the Lord answered and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. And that's the key is that you write it down. What did God say? Going back to hearing God, write it down. Here's what God said. Here's what we're going to do. Make it clear so people can run with it. I remember just a couple examples of this is uh, the Solomon Foundation. Uh, Randy Wheeler, who is our rep for them, the Solomon Foundation are the ones that end up believing in the vision and giving us the funding. 
and they've been tremendous to work with. If you're looking to work or invest, I encourage you to give a shout out to Randy Wheeler and the Solomon Foundation. And uh, Randy told me, he said, I listened to your message uh, where you were preaching and I, and I was casting the vision in a sermon. He was here. And uh, no, no, he wasn't here for this one. He came later. I was casting the vision and he heard it online and it was a sermon way back when we first came in about what God could do in this place. And what he told me was, he said, I heard the vision and he said, you made it come to life where I could see it and I want to be a part of it. And, and so part of what we need to do as leaders in order to lead through a miracle is we have to make it clear, hey, here's what God is saying and here's what it looks like and here's some steps we can take to get there. Now, we also had another recently, we're getting ready to upgrade our sound system, which is desperately needed. And I had Nathan come in, who's uh, one of, who's over our, oversees our sound and is actually a, a professional sound tech. I mean, he went to school for this and he was able to come into our leaders and explain it in terms that we all understood because we're not sound people in a way that all of a sudden we got the vision, that this vision is not just to get a sound system that will fill the whole auditorium, which we need so that everybody can hear in all of the 1,175 seats, but also the vision of bringing artists and groups in and speakers in where we can reach so many people. And Nathan did a phenomenal job of sharing the vision and making it clear. Yes, he did. He did great. Um, he pulled out some drawings and different things. So that is key to get people um, to catch the vision and uh, to understand different areas and to really uh, be able to portray that now as a leader you know the vision but you have to make it known to those that god has entrusted to your leadership and so that is critical make it plain write it out share it so that as you cast the vision then all of a sudden the people that god has called to be a part of this will be vision carriers Mm -hmm. amen so uh, what is one of the biggest things that can hinder the vision from being fulfilled or even keep it from happening this is a big one, and uh, I remember reading this so many years ago, and over the years, I've read it again and again out of Deuteronomy 7, 17 through 22, and what it basically says in there, just to paraphrase it is, is God says, I'm going to lead you into the promised land, and you're going to get the land of Canaan, the land that flow with milk and honey. You're going to get all this land, but what he basically said was, is you're going to, and he used this phrase, you're going to take it little by little, and I thought, well, that's interesting, but he goes on and he explains why. He says, because if you don't take it little by little, it will be too much for you. And it will consume you. It will overwhelm you. It will overtake you. The mistake many leaders make is they try to do too much too soon, and it destroys them. Let me say it again. The mistake many leaders make is, and it's easy to do because we're excited about what God is doing. The mistake many leaders make is they try to do too much too soon, and it destroys them. Yeah, I can totally see that. I mean, even with what God has given us here, you know, people are always coming at us with ideas and, you know, they're they're great ideas, you know, but we have to really say, okay, that's a great idea, but let us, you know, we're praying about it. We want to hear what the Lord really wants to, to do with it, because even whenever we step into something that God has for us, as we shared earlier, there sometimes is still challenges, right? And things that come our way that we're not expecting. So we definitely don't want to step into something that God hasn't uh, planned for us to do because 
that would be us working in it instead of the Lord really leading um, and working in it with us. Um, and that would create more work. So, yeah, it is important to make sure that you're just hearing him and allowing him to lead. That's really excellent. Thank you. I'm going to share one more principle because really we're past the time I like to be on this. Uh, so let me share this principle, then I'm going to share the million-dollar miracle story. Leading through a miracle requires staying focused and fresh. Hmm. Leading through a miracle can be overwhelming and even exhausting. How do you keep from burning out, giving up, or giving out? That's a great question because uh, if you'll see that many leaders do burn out. As a matter of fact, they say only one in ten that start in ministry finish in ministry. And it became even more difficult during COVID and during uh, the political upheaval uh, and during the race, uh, you know, the, all the issues about race and all the, all the things that were going on. We saw so many leaders that just, uh, they just were exhausted uh, mentally, physically, uh, spiritually, and, and many of them had health issues and they, just, and they just quit. And so how do you lead through a miracle? Because lead through a miracle can be overwhelming because it's a miracle. It's bigger than us. Now, now God's doing it, mm-hmm. but we still have to do what we need to do, right? That's what right. God has us to do. So how do we do that? One of the biggest things, there's a lot we could talk about this, but let me just say this. The way to lead through a miracle and to stay focused and fresh is you have to lead out of your overflow. And what I mean by that is simply you have to spend time with God. Remember back to the most important principle is how to hear God and then hearing what he says and then doing what he says. The key uh, in moments of exhaustion, in moments of frustration, in moments of discouragement, in moments where you're battling depression, and we all leaders battle all these things. I don't care who you are, you're going to battle these at one point in time. The only way to lead out of that and come through that is by your time with the Lord in the Word, in prayer, fasting, worship, spending time with God. Amen. Also, I would like to add is your team. You know, your team is so important to uh, pray as you're praying for leaders to come in, whether it be your elders, your deacons, but your staff, those that you have around you, pray that... Um, you know, that there are godly people that are helping come beside you and support the ministry and the team. Um, but also delegate. You don't have to carry everything yourself. I know for, for leaders and for type A personalities, um, it's easy to say, oh, I'm going to do that. I know what to do. I know how to do it so I can get it done faster without having to teach somebody. Um, but take the time to pour into others and allow them to learn how to do it, do it right. Um, So you can delegate some things so that you don't have to do it all because that's not the way we're intended to do it. We're intended to be a team. Uh, So, yeah, make sure you have a strong team around you. You hit on a key. uh, We could add number 15 if we want. (laughs) There's so many things we're learning, but this is this. We're actually in this right now. We're actually walking through this. So maybe we can talk more about it after we walk through it. But uh, leading through a miracle requires uh, the right team. Yeah. And uh, we've got a great team of elders and deacons and ministry leaders and uh, the best dream team volunteers that you can imagine in the world. Absolutely. Uh, and our staff is off the charts amazing. We have the best staff. But we are, we, we are looking to hire an additional staff person, a, a youth pastor. And so the key is, is hiring the right person uh, because you have to be able to flow together. Uh, and that's part of two staying fresh and spending time together. Our staff uh, spends time together praying, seeking God, fasting. Our elders, our deacons, our leadership does that. Our, our church does that. Volunteers, dream team. But also, you know, just having the culture of your church. Yes. Um, and that is so important because you want to pray that God brings somebody in that has the same heart, the same mindset, and the same culture um, so that you can grow together so that it doesn't bring a, a sense of division um, into your team. 
Yeah, that's excellent. So that's, that's number 15, even though we didn't have it on there. We'll talk more about that probably in a separate uh, episode. Let me, let me close this out by talking about the Million Dollar Miracle. And so as we were looking at what we needed to do to purchase the facility, we entered into a 10-year lease with an option to purchase within the first year. And so we were praying about, you know, God, what do you want, me, what do you want us to do? And uh, the Lord spoke to me because we have many people wanting us to run a campaign, run a campaign, run a campaign. If you run a campaign, this amount of money will come in. And I'm not against campaigns. I know some people have had bad experiences with campaigns. Campaigns can be great if they're ran in the right way. And if people understand it's about advancing the kingdom. But what the Lord spoke to me was, he said, he said, Larry, what I want you to do is cast the vision. If you cast the vision, I'll bring in a million dollars within just a short time and within months. And I was like, a million dollars within months. I remember when we were over on Broadway, that was our first storefront, second location, first storefront. And I remember the Lord spoke to me and I shared it with Wendy and I shared it with one of our elders that God said he's going to bring a gift of $100,000 in toward a relocation. And man, I stood on that word for all those years we were at Broadway and all those years we were at Woodlawn and it didn't happen until I cast the vision about this place and that check came in and then it came in again and came in again and it came in again. In other words, God did it. And, and, and then what we asked people was, and in the vision we cast, we said, here's the vision. We're not asking for equal giving. We're just asking for equal sacrifice. We're just asking for equal sacrifice. In other words, you give whatever uh, you can give and God will put it all together and it will be enough. In other words, God said he's going to bring a million dollars in. God's going to bring it in. And, and you know, we did it. We did one of those little chart things, and which, you know, we don't normally do, but we did the little thermometer thing. And we kept coloring it in and money came from the inside. Money came from the outside. Money came from places that we had no idea that it would come from. And it was within four or five months. God brought in over a million dollars that we could put down toward the purchase of this facility. I'm telling you what, I just stand in awe of God. And so in order to lead through a miracle, in order to lead through a miracle, you have to be connected to the miracle worker, which is Almighty God, and proclaim the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and then God will do it. Uh, we'll share on another uh, episode, I've got people asking me all the time, well, what's your vision uh, for this campus, uh, we've got we've got a big vision that God's given us. He gave it to us before we planted the church, and now He's given us a facility uh, where it can take place. And so we'll share more with you about that later. But I hope that these principles that we shared with you on this episode will be encouraging. And if they helped you, will you do us a favor? Will you please uh, will you please rate our podcast? We're kind of new into this, and um, help us out. And will you share it with other people uh, that it can be a blessing to them as well? Uh, we're just really appreciative. Wendy, uh, just um, share just a parting word of encouragement or whatever you'd like to share. No, I would just um, say that if you are, you know, on a new journey or if you've been in ministry for a long time um, and you're maybe needing needing some, uh, I don't know, renewed passion uh, in your journey, just seek the Lord and spend time with Him. And uh, He is faithful in all seasons. And... Uh, yeah, he's faithful. We remain faithful. He's faithful. So uh, just keep keep doing what he's called you to do. Um, be, be faithful. Yeah, just be, be faithful, faithful in the small things, and then God will do more. We prayed Amen. and we believed for years to a point where it honestly looked like it just wasn't going to happen. Here. It did. I mean, we are in awe in what, of what God has uh, brought us into, and we're so thankful, and uh, we're just excited. And listen, let me just let me just remind you again. 
It's not because of us. No. Uh, because we're not that good. Uh, nobody's that good. But it's because of God, and it's because of His grace. And we literally stand in awe of God and the miracle that we're walking in. And, and on another episode, I'll share with you that we are not only walking in a miracle, but we are walking in miracles as we walk in a miracle. And so, again, we just want to encourage you. Uh, you're not alone. Uh, don't do life alone. Don't lead alone. We're here to help you. Others are here to help you. Uh, may these principles be an encouragement and a blessing to you as you walk out God's story in your life for His glory. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Larry Crawford Leadership Podcast. For more information or to download the leader guide for this episode, you can go to our website, larrycrawford.live. To get in touch with us, send us an email at leadership at larrycrawford.live. Oh, 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 oh,